Hey everyone and welcome to my podcast Out of Sight. I'm Sarah and no matter who you are, where you're from, what you look like, this is your safe space. Here people come to tell stories, share experiences and use their voices for the greater good. The vision is always to inspire one person every episode. If that's you, remember to give me a follow and maybe I'll see you on here soon. Hi everyone and welcome back to another episode of Out of Sight. Today we have Gemma Radley on. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks so much for having me on. No, you're welcome. I'm so excited because obviously we're kind of in the same field of like work, mm-hmm. kind of. So I'm buzzing to have you on. Yeah, no, it should be great. I'm excited to get into it. So you're a broadcaster, is that right? Yeah, broadcaster, musician, yeah. Love that. Before all of that, we'll go back way back to the start. So you're from Drapertown. Yeah, from Drapertown. Was um, broadcasting something you're always interested in, like from a young age? Not even, to be honest with you. I kind of fell into the broadcasting world kind of growing up. I was just obsessed with like music and sports. Um, started playing guitar when I was about P4 or something like that. Um, and started writing songs and got into the sort of local music scene. Started playing gigs and really, really loved it. And then um, studied at university and uh did music down there in Dublin as well so yeah when I came back I kind of fell into the whole radio side of things it's just something I never thought oh that could be a career I didn't know I could get into that until I had the chance to have a little go you know yeah and do you still live in Ireland at the minute yeah based in Belfast now at the moment and you came Draper Sound for anyone listening what how would you describe it um, Dreamers Town is a rural area. I'm from the town itself, but it is a town filled with, you know, sheep and we've got a couple of bars and maybe two supermarkets, so it's it's pretty small, you know. How did you find like the difference then? How do you what would you describe the difference between living there and living in Belfast now? Um, yeah, I mean it's a big difference because obviously Belfast is a city, I feel like it's a bit more multicultural, uh, which is good. Um, and I feel like I don't know what it is about sometimes living in a small town, you feel like you can't express yourself the same way. You maybe feel like you want to just fit in and be like everybody else. Whereas moving to a city like when I went and studied down in Dublin, I really found myself and that was in my music and my style and maybe what I wanted to do. Um, and I feel like that's the same in Belfast is that a bit more freedom because it is a bit bigger and you know I don't know you don't know everyone's business as much or whatever you know so um but yeah you said that you found yourself so what way in what way did you find yourself like how would you describe post or pre-Dublin to post-Dublin I just realized how cheesy that sounds we said I find myself um but I mean just it's more I suppose a confidence thing um like that's a thing myself like you know there wasn't very many people who looked like me going to school um I used to straighten my hair wear hair extensions and you know me and my friends would all be wearing the same outfits we all wanted to dress the same and I think it's a thing that teenagers kind of go through anyway um but fast forward to me going to Dublin I started to meet different people um who were more into music and a lot of creative people are really expressive and whether that be in the way they write their music, the way they speak, or just the way they dress. And I felt like my eyes were open to this world of where actually, you know what, I can do anything I want. I can be anyone I want. And that's when I started 
where my hair naturally I stopped getting my hair straight and stopped with the extensions and just kind of embraced me and I feel like that's where I found my true authentic self with not it was never something I did on purpose it just kind of naturally happened um I feel like if I hadn't have moved to Dublin I might not have had that experience or that chance to find myself as such but yeah yeah I feel like a lot of people I've talked to this moved or has kind of went through that kind of identity crisis said the same thing kind of takes moving away from what you're used to in the norm till say like oh there's there's other perspectives there's other like there's other people like me type of thing whenever you move away yeah and you're in London now too so surely that must be a big difference from back home <laughs> that's really shocked to the system of I came here I was like what no one's there <laughs> and, <they did. laughs> and then so whenever you were in Dublin is it you got into music then from there um I was already kind of doing music um I kind of started when I was about eight, nine, maybe doing music. Um, but around the age of 14, I was like, oh, actually, I could maybe do this as a career. Um, so I decided to study it um, in Dublin. And yeah, I just really enjoyed the music scene down there, busking on the streets of Grafton Streets. And so much random stuff happens there. You wouldn't even believe it. You know, I got robbed one day. Um <laughs> singing for my dinner on the street I know it sounds so dramatic but I was literally like I, I need some money to buy some dinner um I got robbed that day the only day I got robbed um actually uh busking but it's just little things like that and I don't know there's bits about Dublin at that time that I'll always remember and love and it was just a really fun time filled with music and loads of musicians and it was just a real nice hub down there for music and how is, like, how is the music industry in general I'm always so intrigued and like how to get into it and like what's it actually like yeah I mean the music industry is such a joyful place it's also a really tough industry it's not for the faint-hearted is what I would say to be pretty thick-skinned and also quite resilient because you know you are going to get like nine no's and maybe the next one will be a yes and it is a tough one and sometimes you will doubt yourself and be like am I making the right sort of music does this suit me as an artist and trying to find my sound it's a whole thing and then on top of that you've got the industry side of it the admin and the management and labels and sometimes it can be very easy to get lost within it but as an overview it's such a great industry to be in because there are so many supportive and like-minded people within it um you know, I, I think it's great. Now, even when I go to events, for example, as an event at Dublin uh, last week, went down there, bumped into people I haven't seen in years, other people I've seen a bit more recently. And it's just a really nice um, camaraderie that you have with musicians and even industry people too, because a lot of the same faces pop up. It's like a little music family without realising it sometimes. Um, but it's really nice to see and, you know, a lot of the talent we have here in Ireland is just incredible um, and it's nice to see them in these spaces. So. I love that. And you said that you can get maybe nine no's and one yes. Can you remember what your kind of yes moment was? I think for me, um, something that I really remember, well, how old is a couple? But I'll, I'll, there's one song in particular. Um, I remember I'd written, I was trying to write a song in my room. This is when I lived in Dublin. And I got sick of trying to write the song. And then another song nearly like fell out of me. And I was like, oh, this isn't too bad. You know, this is all right. And I remember maybe a couple of weeks later playing it at a gig. It was like maybe it was maybe like an open mic night or something. I would have done more of those down in Dublin. And um, 
this older man came up to me after my set and was like, really love that, really love that song in particular. This is my name. Here's my card. I'm the music commissioner for RT1. Would love to get it on the show and on the playlist for Christmas. I was like, <gasps> okay. Um, so I emailed him, sent him all the files and all like that. And then that was my first ever RT like Radio 1 sort of play. And I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. And it felt like, oh, actually, I am a musician and my music actually is all right, you know? Um, so yeah, and it's just like, I don't know if it's a timing thing or if it was meant to be, but if I hadn't have played that open mic or if I hadn't read that song and he hadn't have been there, that never would have happened. But it's a nice memory that kind of sticks out to me in that way. That's unreal. Like that is actually class. It's like how everything just kind of aligns and it's meant to be. Yeah. Um, for anyone listening that maybe wants to get into the industry, I've also seen a quote and it's like, people could be working on something every single day and then give up the day before their life's about to change. So if someone is listening and wants to get into that what advice would you give them to kind of keep up their resilience and like tomorrow could be your big break yeah I mean I think it's important to keep at it to know that yes you are gonna have days or even weeks where you, you don't even want to listen to music or you don't want to pick up the guitar or whatever you're writing on but just think you know it's really worth it find the joy in what you're doing and make music for you if you're loving what you're doing and vibing with it that is what's really important and I think that's when your true authentic sort of voice comes through on whatever you're making whether you're producing singing writing whatever um remember that feeling because it's so worth it in the the end of it and just remember the reason why you're making it um I think that's that's really important to kind of take away from that I love that unreal I feel inspired. <laughs> and then you're also um a host for Radio One BBC introducing show and Radio Ulsters across the line. So how did you get into that like line of work then? Yeah, I mean for me presenting, um, it kind of came like I said, I kind of fell into it. Um, I ended up getting involved with Radio Ulster kind of after I left university. I was kind of known on the local scene through my music and um. I got an email from a producer just seeing if I'd be interested in doing something for a show whether it be you know talking on air or even just a bit of like journalism some gig reviews and I had a whole ulterior motive I was like I'm gonna get my songs on this show onto the station so Matt had a meeting and then went in and did some voice tests and as we were doing the voice tests, I was like oh actually I really like this I want to control the desk I want to do this and the more we did them kind of more hands-on I got and then I got an opportunity to to co-present um at a local festival in Limavati it's called Stendhal Festival I got to do that so I was doing like pieces to camera I was doing a live like radio segment with uh, another host and it was a lot because at the time I, I played that festival three times that weekend as well which was crazy but I remember just thinking wow I'm wrecked but I love this yeah. I really do so then after that I was lucky to get offered a job um hosting the new sort of music show at ATL Introducing on um Radio Ulster and then through that maybe like a little bit further on down the line like the year after um kind of it was kind of during COVID kind of post-COVID weirdly that weird transition period um I uh, had a meeting with head of Radio One um and got asked to send in a demo and I sent in a demo and luckily 
um, they liked it um, and it kind of went from there. And I don't do that show anymore, but um, when I was doing it, it was just an incredible time. Like, I, I loved it, you know. And how did you find, like, being the person controlling, like, what music's playing and things like that compared to making the music? It's an interesting one because I kind of love both sides of it um, because I, I kind of like being able to make a playlist and be like, you need to check this out. And I really believe in this band or artist. And, you know, I, I want to be that person to show somebody a really cool band or artist. And be like, Actually, yeah, that's, that's really cool. I want to like listen to them more. Um, and I feel like for me, because I am an artist, I understand the work and the time and the blood, sweat and tears that goes into that track. So when I'm listening to that, I'm like, okay, yeah, I can hear the passion in this. I can hear what they're wanting to say with these lyrics. And I think that can sometimes make a difference as well because I kind of understand both sides of the, I suppose, the spectrum. It's like a new appreciation nearly. Yeah. For yeah. yeah. What would you say is the highest point of your job at the minute? The highest point? Is in like a moment, maybe? Yeah, or even like just day to day, like what? What's I think not to sound cheesy, but I think my the bit I love the most about it is getting to support local bands and artists and giving them their first radio play, the start of that sort of on air journey. Um, and then you know getting to see them and also be with them on that journey to you know. I remember the first time we played their song now they've played at Glastonbury or they've played at Redden Festival or wherever um they're releasing their debut album and you're like oh you know that came from that one entry or you could hear the page turn or something in the recording and is there any parts of the journey or your job where you're it's like it's been the I don't want to say a struggle but like difficult for you at all the most difficult thing about it is just juggling artist me and radio me you know um because I want to give everything 110 percent but everything 110 percent that kind of halves or one takes a backseat for a bit and you know it's just always trying to find that nice balance um and also scheduling and make sure that my diary is clear when it needs to be clear because the amount of clashes uh is crazy um sometimes that you're like oh actually I need to be here um so keeping that um organized uh and trying to be an organized person also <laughs> but um yeah no I'd say those are kind of the main bits then how do you find the balances just through like planning diary or do you have any other ways you trying to trying to keep your mind like sane at the same time while doing all everything you're doing I know I think yeah it is planning and preparation I let you sound like I'm at school um but it is it is just planning and preparation um but also allowing yourself downtime when you need it I'm very much uh work 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 get sick and then I'm like why am I sick and it's because I haven't given myself a break so it's also learning to take that downtime for yourself even if it is just watching like Married at First Sight or something on the TV you know you, you need that downtime um so it's it's kind of that balancing those in between and yeah, just making sure the diary is adding up on the dates. So. And then I seen as well, you've hosted a few things. How did you find hosting? Is that like different than the presenting? Yeah, it's a little bit. I think 
um obviously you've like a crowd in front of you and you have to like get the crowd hyped up and I wouldn't say I'm I'm not an extrovert in the slightest so for me when I started doing stuff like that I found it really scary because I hated public speaking like even Mm -hmm. in school when they would have made you like read aloud on the pages my teacher stopped asking me to do that because I was so bad it was because I was so nervous about the whole element of it. It used to really scare me, but then I just kind of decided to throw myself into the situations and, you know, sink or swim. If I fail, I fail. If I don't, I don't. Luckily, I haven't so far. Fingers crossed. But um, yeah, it's it's actually really fun. Now I get like a buzz when I'm on stage and you're, you know, making the crowd clap and scream and all that. Um, a real fun energy about it um but yeah it's just it it is slightly different because it's I don't even know how to explain it they're different energies both are like up there but I think when you're in front of a crowd you can see everybody's faces it's that instant connection you know if I came on and was like well hello no one nobody's gonna be hyped you have to hype them up yeah yeah um and you can interact more with the crowd that way and you know so yeah all us all us introvert gals is just to go for it throw yourself in I think it does get easier with experience so doesn't it like it It really does it really does because I actually found like even when I was performing I hated talking about what my songs were about and I was like oh I just want to play the songs now I can talk I feel I have that confidence to be like this is what this is about and or force the audience to sing with me like to do that (laughs) um but yeah it's literally practice makes perfect um and the more you do it the more comfortable you become but it's the same with anything you know like learning to drive yeah you the first time you get in a car you're not going to be great <laughs> so Marcus, do you find um because you said you got nervous speaking whenever you're singing does that all kind of go away it does unless I haven't rehearsed but yeah <laughs> if I have rehearsed it does go away I'll maybe get like a couple of like pre-show nerves depending on what's the show is but once you start singing and get into it um they kind of just melt away and you're like with the music yeah I've heard and seen like a lot of singers when we watch like shows and stuff they could be really nervous whenever they're talking but as soon as they sing it's like a whole different person like it takes over it's it's unreal to see it does I think I was watching maybe like Brent's Got Talent or something um this is a while ago but there was um a wee uh, a wee lad with Tourette's or something but when he started singing, it just went away, you know, and it's just, I just find it really interesting that the brain mm-hmm. works like that and how music can be so soothing or can just be so healing in certain ways, you know? Power of music. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. I'm, I'm a diehard, like literally any song I love, <laughs> like musicals, anything, I can like belt to, I'm there. But what's your favorite, like, do you have a favorite genre or what genre is your music style? Um, so the type of music I would make is like pop um sometimes leaning into the R&B side but it's very just like a just a slight lean but at the moment what I'm doing is very like pop heavy um I do I do really enjoy a wee pop song I'm not gonna lie um but my kind of taste it's all over the place I could be listening to pop songs indie songs um rap you know R&B that kind of those those are my like main sort of vibes I'll rock song too enjoy that so I'm kind of all over the place but I what I find is that I tend to hyperfixate on one song for a bit and then I'll move on to another one and it can be regardless of genre like 
This is awful. Okay. Yeah, this is awful. Recently, I heard the. This is so embarrassing. The Scooby Doo theme tune. Oh God, obsessed. Couldn't like <laughs> just listen to it, and it felt really funk. It felt like if you're in the car, you finish work or something, turn it on. Theme tune, and you finish for the day. That's an episode over. Right? Iconic. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Did you have like did the music just come from you or did you have influences and stuff growing up with music? Um yeah, I mean I suppose I was kind of liked Amy Winehouse a lot, Bob Marley, Macy Gray, kind of people like that. Um and yeah, those were like my main influences. An artist called Izzy Bazoo as well. Really enjoyed her. Um still do love all those artists. They would have been my main sort of musical influences. But I know when I first started like doing music, it was just because I wanted to play an instrument. What I really wanted to do was play violin, but um, I didn't make the cut in primary school, so sat for guitar instead. Um, but sure, look, it's served me well. It all worked out. Yeah, it all worked out, so it's not too bad. You said that you loved music from a very young age. Did you always know, like, this is my path, like, this is what I'm... Was there any, any like, diverting? Or maybe I'll do this, or was it always music? Always, always music and sport. Those are my two things. I think, um, yeah, I just because I started singing like young, was in like the school choir, um, and I just really enjoyed it. And I was always singing around the house. And bear in mind, I couldn't sing in tune until I was about eight or nine, anyway. And my and my mom will tell you that she was just like, "Oh, one day you could sing," and you know, but. Just happened overnight, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I just I knew I wanted to do something like that. I did have a bit of a wobble coming up to university though, um, because you know when you're at school, you're kind of told like you know you want to go out get a real stable career, stable job, something that's safe, and you know you'll be able to make money. Whereas the creative industries and arts are always looked at as risky because they are. Mm. But what you know, gotta do what you love. But when I was doing my UCAS application, um, it was the night before and my personal statement was due and putting it out there, I am a procrastinator, hence why I was doing it the night before it was due. Wrote it, like showed my mom, was like, what do you think of this? And she was like, is this what you want to do? Because I'd applied for radiography, um, mm-hmm. which is so not me. Um, and I was like, no, I don't even. Like, I'm just doing it because it's just a safe, stable job to go into. And um, she was like, well, what do you want to do? And I said, music. And she was like, well, just do it. We'll find your course somewhere that you can go and just do what you want to do. And that's what we did. Um, And I'm so glad that I'm not doing radiography because I would not have been good at that at all. (laughs) I love your mom for that. That's like supportiveness. Yeah. Unreal. She's been super supportive. Um. Even with sport and stuff, she'd always drive me to trainings and matches and blitzes. Same with gigs. And um, she's always been my number one fan. So, yeah. She's got a good like, support system around you, like, pushing you to like, follow your dream. Yeah. Um, I think it makes such a difference, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm really lucky that she was so, like, go for it because she's the opposite to me. And, like, she loves maths and numbers and spreadsheets where I'm like, oh, get away from me. Uh, yeah. Give me something musical that I can play, you know? So, yeah. Well, the rest is history from there. Yeah. No, exactly. Exactly. What's been your favorite moment overall in, the, in your time from singing? Oh, 
That's such a hard one. I know this woman with the same question. I suppose I'll, I'll say two. So when I was about 18, I got the chance to represent Northern Ireland um, in this big, like, kind of songwriting music competition. And I got to play at the O2 over mm. in London. And, and it was a massive moment for me. I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Um, and I think just getting to be there and be a part of it and represent and I was such a privilege um and then my other like moment was music wise with the was the first time I got to play electric picnic um it was just before covid and I got to play it and it's something I've been really working towards I just think it's one of those festivals that it's great to be able to take off your bucket list and I just remember I'm just so happy because it was something I'd really, really aimed for and set a goal. Because I'd done it the year before as a backing singer for an artist, but I was like, I want to get there in my own right and do it that way. And I felt like it was my time to do that. So yeah, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't choose between those two either. They're both amazing. <laughs> I don't like asking people this question because I hate getting asked it. But what does the future next say? The next six months, I'll not do the full. You know, what does it mean? Plan or good? No, six, six months is a lot. Um, I think for me, next six months, um, I'm gonna be focusing a, a lot more on my music, um, and hopefully getting some new tracks out very soon. Um, sorry, I'm not this point. Um, yeah, next six months, hopefully get some tracks out. Um, focusing on music. Um, focusing writing a bit more again. Um, and then just keeping supporting new artists on radio and just put my energy into that as well. So, um, yeah, that's sort of the main things that I'm focusing on as such. So hopefully you'll see a lot more Gemma. And just before you go, what advice would you give to someone that wants to get into the music industry and has this passion might have been like you you cast like applying for things they didn't want but they know deep down like music is for me what advice would you give them i think just go for it if you are really passionate about it and want to there are so many courses and things now that are offered where you can learn about the music industry or you know on a more creative level where you are just being a musician rather that be an artist or a session musician there's loads of resources there and just like go go with the flow I'm very chill I, that's what I do but just go for it um because you'll just regret it if you don't and I think it's important to you'd rather say you know what I took the risk and I tried to follow my dream yeah. and it did work out or it may not have worked out but you would hate to be sitting there like five to ten years down the line be like I wish I had have just did that you know whatever that maybe and that can go over into the radio side of things as well if you're looking to get into it don't be afraid to reach out to a producer or send an email to a production company and be like I really like what you do I want to get involved you know that's how you make connections and networks so definitely go for it either way I love that I, love, I literally live by that quote of like at least you can say you've tried your other say I tried and like it failed worked rather than being like in a year's time like oh I still want to do this and yeah. not have done it so yeah. I think that's that'll definitely resonate with a lot of people I know listening go for it <laughs> do it I hope so yeah no, I think that it's the main thing like you would be so sad if you didn't go for it and I know that my life would look completely different if I hadn't have um 
went for it and tried something a little bit different from radiography uh radiography. there's nothing wrong with radiography i just want to put it you. this wasn't for me so yeah i wouldn't trust me to be anybody's radiographer to be honest what is a radiographer i don't know if you know what it is the x-ray bones oh okay my friend's a radiographer and um she was actually saying recently that i don't know somebody had hurt some bone in their body and she was like this is a such and such bone then her boyfriend and another friend of ours was like no i'm pretty sure it's this and she was like i'm literally a radiographer this is my job <laughs> i've studied for how many years like i know this you guys are just you know making stuff up it's very funny but yeah yeah well at least you got to go on with the music <laughs> no exactly exactly love that well thank you so much for coming on i really really enjoyed that i'm so literally buzzing to hear because it's so interesting everything you do so thank you